listening to the smooth sound of RPGMP3.com. Dungeon One. So Ed basically it lunged at me with its claws bared and its teeth clamped together. So of course I shot it in the face. Imagine my surprise when it turned out to be Princess Anne. But so, sorry. Oh, is the mic on? Okay, hello. Hello, righto. Well, thank you, Lord Buxley, and I'd like to welcome you to this lecture at the Gentleman's Club of the Empire. Uh, in front of you, you'll find your brainomatic helmets. It's a, a marvellous device which will conjure pictures of my exploits directly into your delicate heads. If you'd like to attach the electrodes and then simply insert the spinal syringe. Ah, there we go. Well, let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Hello. Hello. Oh, you just happened to be playing your ute, did you? Well, yeah, this is kind of interrupting your practice. Why? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Well, surely you can kill us off very quickly. Oh, yeah. How are you? Uh, good, good. Uh, I'm feeling better for drugs. Well, you know, that's always the way, isn't it? And thirsty ferret. I'm pretty certain... That... Oh, it's a good one, that. Pretty certain that's why you got into the vet business easy access to pharmaceuticals. Uh, let's not discuss this while we're recording, shall we? Who cares that the horse tranquilizes? <laughs> Good old special K. Not that I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Are we actually recording? Uh, I think so. Say okay. something. Um, yes, something like that. No. Um, I'm getting. It feels much more natural left handed. And how's the ukulele I, playing? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it did, though, made it sound a little bit like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, uh, all right, yeah. well, so don't spell it out. No, well, sorry, it was just spontaneous, kind of off the wrist. <sighs> cough, off the cough, um, sorry. Wait, hang on, I'll, I'll come up with an Oyuninism-related gag. Um, uh, I, no, I can't get one up. Um, so, get one up, as if it was you know coming what? to my... I, I, I do, I, it's, it's working, yeah. they're coming to a head. Oh, but I don't... Oh. Right now, you I'm see. Sure now I've got to do one. I don't I, want to cock I'm, it up. No, um, I'm sure you can cram that. <laughs> uh, bell, bell end. No. Excuse me. It's a harsh. gestures there, which is very distracting. <laughs> I was just muting the mic while I played my, um, played? Nose Blowed flutes. my nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blew my nose. The old Devon nose flute, yes. <laughs> that does sound incredibly rude. But yeah, it's much, uh, with my left hand, it feels like mm-hmm. I'm, with the right hand, it was, it was kind of like, yeah. with the left, it's like, yeah. yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm just taking advice from Emma, who seems to think that it doesn't make any difference. Mm. I'm quite strongly left-handed. I don't know how, but I, well, she I... is. But she plays the violin now. She plays the violin in what I would regard as a right-handed fashion. Right. So this okay. might influence her. Martin, on the other hand, um, plays the guitar and the ukulele left-handed. Right. He does that. Yeah. I I I found I was struggling much more with the strumming than I should do. Hello. Hello, Hello Amelia. Hello. Um, yeah, I just, it feels more natural. Good. So does this mean you're getting blisters on your other hand now? Yes. I have a plaster here now. Oh. Well, 
Not that I'm a soft southerner who can't no. stand the, the tough ukulele strings. No, you're a soft northerner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Happens to live in the so south. soft that I had to move south. <laughs> Where you'd look like a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the reason? Yeah, it you know? didn't work. I, I might have to move to the Antarctic. I, I think wherever you take a lilac ukulele, you're not going to be a loser, really, aren't you? <laughs> it's a lovely little instrument. There's nothing girly about Julian. Julian the Dolphin. The, the ukulele, yeah. I told you, it's a better name for a banjo. Yeah, true. We could always get a banjo lately. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, haven't they got metal strings? No. No, same, oh, strings. same strings. Okay. Banjos have... have got metal strings. Oh, I don't want one painful. of them. Yeah, oh, That's why, oh, if you see banjo players, they've very often got these weird little sort of, look like fake nails, but made of metal, as if, um, <laughs> that they pick with. And some some guys, they use them on every finger and the thumb, and it's amazing to watch. I did try um, a thimble, but it, it sounds totally <laughs> different. On my finger to strum yeah. with, because it was okay. hurting. Um, but it sounds, it, it takes the soul out of it. Yeah, some people do use a plectrum, uh, and as I say, you can get a felt plectrum that's specifically for ukuleles and banjos. But I've got to say, I, I, I just I got one it's free the sound, with the banjo. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, funny uh, enough, uh, I mine came with, with a pack of guitar plectrums, which is just not recommended at all. <laughs> <laughs> you have daylight still, Nick. Yes, we have daylight in the south. Well, rather you have sunshine. Well, no, this is just my natural glow. I'm glowing. (laughs) I'll try and remember to mute it when I blow my nose. Oh, are you snotty? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, fighting back the comments. (laughs) I prefer the term um, glowing. (laughs) I shall just arrange the uh, adventure. This isn't the adventure, by the way. The adventure, right, that's... the adventure is much smaller than this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's my ukulele. <laughs> this is, in fact, ah. your ukulele folder. Yep. That's very organised. I've just been working on some Cliff Edwards stuff. It's very good. Yes. He, he was the voice of Jiminy Cricket. Really? Mm. But, but not, the, as... not the body. Uh, no, although incre- well, not incredibly, because animators very often draw characters to resemble the people who are doing the voices. He did actually look a bit like Jiminy Cricket. Right. He was uh, not a conventionally handsome little man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <harsh>. <laughs> Having been uh, on the receiving end of that compliment, I think that's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, when you get described as things like striking and not conventionally handsome, you know that people are reaching. Right? <laughs> Uh, I haven't gone for hangouts with extras, partly because no. it really sounds like it's the massage parlour thing, but also because they've totally changed it. It took me two or three minutes to actually find the button to start it. It, it looks different, yeah. It's just got loads of things saying, join this hangout with people you don't know. Right. Is this Let's some sort of social platform? What are they thinking? Oh. This is a private one, isn't it? Just checking. We're not going to get um, hacked by Random. you, are wasted. <laughs> Who's going to come and do all the role-playing much better than us? Well, he shouldn't have been able to get that game, should he? I don't no. Know. no. We should have kicked him out. We, you can vote to kick people out, I think. Oh, okay. Can you? But he did, a- he did actually help us. Yeah, but the 
wasn't the point. He was taking it far too seriously. He was, yeah. Yeah, and clearly knew what he was doing. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't <laughs> think is in the spirit of the thing at all. No, exactly. Right, just trying to arrange your character so I can actually see what they are. That's good. Are we recording, Nick? Or? Uh, yes. He claims I don't know. so. My mucoid um, enteropathy. No, that's a bell thing. Um, yes. Yes, we do. I'll just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah just stop at stop at the bells and move on. <laughs> right, you're starting a sort of a bell movement there, John. No, not on camera. So, how is everybody apart from uh, being a Five weeks wobbly sack of it? Uh, yes, yes, not that you're counting. I love the instant no. response with how many minutes to go. Five not weeks today, nice. is it? Yeah, Ooh. five weeks today. Oh, I'm just day thinking of all the locums I have to arrange. Oh, that's true. I said I'd do that, didn't I? Yes, you did. Well, I'm, you I've, I've got a bad wrist. Running a labyrinth, Lord Game. Or something, oh, yeah. yeah. A, a dungeon well, I might do. Anything, we'll, I'll, I'll bring it with me. Or fighting fantasy or anything. Something mm. simple. Something idiot-proof and we can do all... Well. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met a game that was idiot-proof. Ginger beer. <laughs> ginger beer? I don't know that system. Uh, badger breweries do a ginger beer, which is, you know, proper beer. This is proper beer. Is that, is, that, is that ginger tosser? Uh, no, that was a different one. Um, I think it's called. Is it Bland for Fly? Bland for Fly is lovely. It's absolutely lovely. Is that lovely. the ginger can't, one? Can't get it. Is it's got and it tastes of. Well, you probably fill in the blanks, but it's very nice. This is Crabby's. It's lovely. Yeah, mm, it's not. Okay. It's not proper. Right then. Uh, it's first well, ferret. I suppose I'll just interrupt my evening. Oh, I am glowing, aren't I? You I are kind just... of look. I look sort of You're drinking thirsty ferret? I yes, saw uh, that on the shelves yesterday when I bought the ginger beer and thought of you and I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> the trouble with the, the way the daylight hits you and the fact that it is so white and washing out so much that it, it, I keep glancing at it. It's like a still from threads, you know, just at the moment the bomb goes <laughs> up. Yeah, that's exactly it. That is absolutely it. <laughs> Threads, there's a cheery TV show. I've never seen it, I've no interest oh, I wouldn't seeing it. I watched it again last year or two. <laughs> I, I think I watched it two years ago, thinking, I can probably take it now. It's pro- and it's I lived through the 80s. It's so depressing and, and horrendous. Scare and <laughs> I remember it's like... watching Threads when it was shown, the first time it was shown. I can still remember the voiceover, which I think might have been Paul Vaughan. And there was a milk bottle on his doorstep that melted, yes. and the, yeah. all these images. And what I particularly like is, if I'm if I'm right in remembering, there are all these bits about people sort of painting the windows white and putting mattresses in mm. front of the downstairs cupboard and getting under the, the stairs and this kind of stuff, which is all the stuff you're supposed to do. Which it then basically says, and none of this will do anything. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. If you think putting some sellotape on your window will perfect a nuclear blast, yeah. you're sorely mistaken. I, I, I it's watched it's when very the, depressing. Well, I read and watched When the Wind Blows, which was traumatic. It's like that. When the Wind Blows, only really depressing. And Mr. Tony. And When the Wind Blows, and When the Wind Blows is really depressing. It's like, have I you seen Kez? Yeah, oh God, yes. It's what like Kez, only about a nuclear attack. Yeah. So. Imagine, imagine if in Kez, halfway through, he starts to lose his fingernails and hair. 
Um, yes. <laughs> no, 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 when the windows was enough, thanks. That was just horrible. Oh, was in the day different. after, which was Jason Robards, That's... an American thing that came out about the same sort of time. If you watch it after Threads, which I did last year, it it's seems... like light relief. It it's is like, like Laurel really, and Hardy. A really jolly Hollywood romance. <laughs> it is. I was, I was oh, terrified. Oh, to oh thank God. They've, yeah. oh, I was terrified like enough by the Triffids, so, uh, yeah. Mm, that was it's it's in that kind of eighties yes, gritty, really gritty. depressing. <laughs> yeah, mm, it's very good. Mm. Uh, well, it's, but what I find I particularly amusing is that we're pretty much in the same political situation we were then. <laughs> so never mind that. I, I expect this to all come. La around. la la. Yeah, but we've all got iPods now, so we're all happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what makes us happy? Yeah. At least we can iPods, tweet. Arg, uh, nuclear, but <laughs> before, before we all die. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't with this iPod. I can't. Seem to play words. I can't get it to run at all now. It just keeps crashing. Just, oh, you've I lost always, a few, and oh, you could have. Always, it could have broken before you did that fucking word. You. If it does that, I always just reboot my iPhone. Yeah, I've tried. It hasn't. Uh, I, I take it off, reload it. I'll, I'll keep going. Well, I can't. We were. I was in so well at that game, and I saw your word, and I thought. Uh, Uke Hunt is another podcast that I've um, started <laughs> subscribing to. Just tell oh, yeah. a different... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent so. timing, though, since this week is the last one. Oh, is it? <laughs> okay. I haven't actually listened to the first one yet. Right. No, it's very good. It's very good. It was done by uh, Lou, who organises the Levy... Uh, no, the, the lady does the Levy Uke Up. Oh, I go, really? I'll go to, yeah. Oh. That's so at Bosser Rocker on Twitter, if you want to follow oh. Well, I'm not. Don't really live near Levenstein, so it's a bit of a hike. Yeah. <laughs> Though apparently there's a group in South Brent. So. Where? Near near me. Oh, okay. It's in Devon, lad. Did you know they have place names down there? Really? <laughs> it's becoming Wait. almost civilized. Yeah. It implies they have enough people living together to form a community. Yeah, but then they give it a, they give it a name. So it's like an obvious. I'm, I'm, I'm in no way insulted. <laughs> Because I'm from Manchester, so I don't know quite. I was going to say, I come from that area, so don't worry about it. So you're only insulting yourself. Yeah. What do you think I left? <laughs> it is hard being a geek in rural Devon, but thank heavens for Google Plus. Well, yes, indeed. Well, again, it's been a lovely evening. Uh, right, shall we. And then we arrived. Yeah. Are we going to orbit the moon for many, many hours? <laughs> Ooh, we're, we're going to the moon. Yet, we're so going we... to the moon. Well, that's what I meant. If we survive taking off, you know. <laughs> Bear in mind that the kind of science fiction I like are things like Cyril Cornbluth, where one of his first stories is um, <laughs> you think it's the first moon launch, but in fact it's a couple of guys who are swindling everybody <laughs> and they build <laughs> a fake rocket and take the cash. So, you know, it could be Great, like okay. Well, so we could be that's... just circling the North Yorkshire Moors <coughs> for a while. Then. <laughs> just, you know, you're assuming it's going to take Oh, yeah, you get sheep on the moon all the time. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Oh, okay. Right, have you got all the bits and pieces you need, character sheets? Dice. Uh, I have two dice and my character sheet. Dice, dice. A pencil yep, and an eraser are all you need to win this fantasy game book. That was balls, wasn't it? You can complete this no matter how low your initial skill score. I never use dice. I, so I, I don't think it. so, Mister Livingstone. <laughs> hey, don't uh, don't pick on him. I've got to talk to those two this uh, this year, apparently. Can you make him apologise for Crypt of the Sorcerer? I'm not going to make him apologise for anything. <laughs> but can you congratulate Steve Jackson on the Sorcery series, which is yes, uh, which is very good. Yeah. I had I had them sign my uh, 
um, Walk of Archetype Mountain. I'm so uh, glad you finished that with a book. Yeah, I had them sign my man boobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> were the sharp thing I've not watched since then, which was not last year or the year before. <laughs> I got them to sign my Forest of Doom. Anyway, let's see. We, uh... <laughs> Please shall we... move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of some of the other uh, dreadful titles that could sound even worse. <laughs> There are quite a few, actually, that, that do sound far, far dirtier than that. <laughs> There's uh, the Rings of Keva. That's yeah, uh, the part. <laughs> <So to speak. laughs> anyway, shall we yeah. move on? Shall we, shall we Let me get into Dr. Crowther. Right. <clears throat> there we are. Are you in? Yeah. Yep. Like slipping on a second skin. Uh, I, I, they're illegal in this day and age, aren't they? Prophylactic? Did they have? Pro- they did, didn't they? They were yes. made like massive vulcanized rubber objects. Yeah, well, the Romans had them, didn't they? So they've been around a while. Bloody Romans! What have they ever done for us apart from prophylactics and coin-operated slot machines? <laughs> Quite obsessed with that bit of trivia, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I know. Even though I wrote a book about. It. Well, it's the only thing you know about the Romans is they had slot machines. Yeah, yeah, and prophylactics. I can't help feeling you know a bit more than that. I mean, it's, you know. Fish sauce well, on pear tart, for example. Garum. I do know. The day for departure. Uh, quick recap, then. Uh, would one of you like to just very rapidly run over uh, um, what's happened? Up we to went now? for a tryout. Dr. Crowther thought he might nobble the competition, but was told he couldn't. Uh, um, not. We're not very good at running around with heavy suits on, but our brains are get us through. Mm-hmm. Neither why, of us are get... why are you there? Uh, we're there to help the mission to the moon. To explore uh, the pyramid. Oh yeah, that's we, it. <laughs> we're returning to the moon on the Astronef, yeah, which is the, the world's first spaceship. light, heavier-than-air flying spaceship come plane thing. Yeah, Powered on. by our force, which was invented by a doctor who died in mysterious. absolutely non-mysterious <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> yes. Right, so let's see who's... And neither of us are allowed the camera. No, we broke (laughs) the camera. Dr. Crowther has been invited because he is the world's leading and only expert on gravitational disturbances on the human circulatory system. And And Lady Hester Val. And yeah, I'm also (laughs) a spare doctor. Um, And Lady Valentine is the... uh, an engineer who's rapidly gaining experience in R-Force technology. Okay, uh, and you are, of course, accompanied by Lord Redgrave and Lady Redgrave. Uh, Andrew Murgatroyd, the engineer. How much to Murgatroyd? Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, you've done it again. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Victor Bates from the Royal Marines, who's very young and handsome and obviously... Looks fantastic in his uniform. Uh, you know, actually, Red shirt! Yeah, but he's... He's a bit wooden, to be honest. He's got a very low soul, so he doesn't come across in a terribly charismatic way. He'll, he'll probably look very good, though. Uh, there's Dr. Albert Guthrie, He's just fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons. He's got letters after his name. Surgeon monkey. And a naturalist. <laughs> and then Professor George Ips, the famous Egyptologist, who is hoping to prove that the moon pyramid uh, is connected with the pyramids on Earth. Oh, not so that's true. the plan. So we're coming up to the day of departure, and uh, you're having a team breakfast. 
Lord and Lady Redgrave have joined you, which is a little bit unusual. The whole team's there at the large table, and there are plenty of servants coming in and out, as you'd expect, uh, dealing with the sort of food-related things. But there's also uh, two or three keep dashing in with messages, telegrams, that kind of thing, handing them to his lordship, and occasionally uh, reads bits and pieces out. There's uh, well-wishers, some very, very distinguished politicians and scientists. Those are the ones he's particularly picking. And then uh, eventually he stands up, dabs his mouth with a napkin as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we should be on our way. Uh, apparently the royal train has arrived at Smeaton Station. The and royal train? And the queen will be seeing us off. God save the king! Well, quite. Uh, when he says has arrived, it will be there when you go down to meet it. But you'll need to get Did we have any idea that the king would be here to see us off? He did, but he didn't tell you because he didn't want you to be nervous. Might have affected oh, the gosh. test. Yes. <laughs> that, I knew already. That's why I, I balls the test up. <laughs> See, I wanted you to concentrate on the training and not worry about what you're going to say to His Majesty. We don't have to talk to them, do we? Well, yes. I mean, oh, this I is this that. is a major moment. You are about to be... see that when the astronaut was originally launched, it was all a little bit hush hush, and um, there was no official ceremony. So actually, the king didn't know about it either. Um, so this is really the astronaut's official launch. Gosh, so will there be uh, the press through. here? Oh yes, yeah. finally some good press for my practice. <laughs> good press, eh? Now this is <laughs> historically accurate reporting. <laughs> <laughs> historically, just remind me, this is King Edward who features in the King's Speech. You, uh, is that the right... Uh, no, the, it's the right in a King's Speech, but not one on the eve of the Second World War. This no, no, no. He does. No, no, no. But his father is in it. Um, no, this is George, isn't it? Well, we're in Edwardian Britain, so presumably we're in... He's the one who dies saying bugger bogner, as I remember. Is that the Edward we're talking about? <laughs> is this the next but, after Victoria? Yes, he's yes. only king for what is it, ten years or something like that. So maybe I'm thinking of the Edward so before is this that. The Edward. Fat one who slept with everybody. When he was the Prince of Wales, he <laughs> he was generally regarded Bertie. as um, as not really being up to the task. But he very much came into his own once the Queen died, and unlike her, who basically shut herself away for the last half of her life. Oh, he was he really did actually popular, go round. Yes, and he had the really pretty Queen Alexandra. Um, he does actually have a, a slight issue that won't be a major problem. He's got a teensy German accent. But apart from that... Um... <laughs> Happens to anyone. Is he... He's Edward the... Uh, he, are they still Saxe-Coburg at this stage, then? Yes. Well, that's it. He's called Edward, but when he was prince, he was Bertie, wasn't he? Cause yeah, you pick Edward a different name when you become king. king. Yeah, Because Charles could be anyone. He could be King Mohammed, if he liked. <laughs> <laughs> probably, he probably won't be. I'm just saying, if, if he wishes, uh, he if, if he wants to do that, can I can I just put in a, a suggestion, uh, your your highness, that you go for quite a mass. <laughs> the first, I suspect. I'm just suggesting he could build some bridges and integrate society a bit. You really think that he looks like a Mohammed? You don't think it would well, be taken as parody or, or a bit? It of could, a, it could be taken gesture. as possibly, possibly. Right. So anyway, 
the king ever the 70s he's, he's basically he's he's a short fat man with a beard you know? oh. uh, German accent so it is a practically the Kaiser then game. basically yeah, not that I'm saying that to <laughs> Yeah, he is they're, they're, that's his they're not exactly distantly related. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, no. This is, the, this is the thing. At this period, don't forget, this is this is what nineteen oh two we on now. It's very much pre-First World War, and although there are a lot of concerns about German expansion and all that kind of stuff, I mean, Germany has only really um, started to coalesce as a, as a country in its own right very, very recently. Previously, it was a whole load of broken up little states. I mean, same as Italy was not long ago. So you've got a very different world set up, and we're very, very close to Germany. So isn't this the point that five of Victoria's children are head of like several countries across Europe or something? something I mean, Tsar, the Tsar of Russia is very close yeah. to yeah, the they're king, all, isn't they're all married to really, or because that's the point ruling. when you know if you want a, if you want an alliance and so on, the the royal you family kicks off. Marry, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it, it creates those family ties. Sorry, my, my, my grasp of history around about this point is a bit weak and feeble. So. Yeah, mine's not particularly great. So just don't ask me any questions, and I'll just nod and give you vague answers. I, I know about Chartism <laughs> and the Poor Law because that's, that's all we did. In history. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I don't need and the Peter to know Lou because we have Wikipedia and people can. <laughs> okay, <up>. that's true. <laughs> Knowing anyway, is no longer so, important. Edward, some fat bloke. So Edward, King Edward the Seventh, you know, and his protectors, uh, will be uh, attending. So um, there are three open-top carriages outside, and they'll be conveying you. Uh, oh, I just thought of a good potato joke, but no, carry on. It's too late. Go on. No, come on. We can splice it. Is, up. Is, is, up. is is there a commentator? <laughs> See, that's, that's a very good one. Yeah. Just work on the timing now. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, carriages. <laughs> I was hoping for gaming. You know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Carry on. It was a feeble hope, I know. I, I might just get some more wine before we get into it. No, we'll be on the carriages on the way there. You've got to get your wine. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, get, you play for me, Amelia, just right, for a second. There, there will be champagne. Yeah, you'll miss the champagne. Go and get some wine. <laughs> so um, you're all there in the uh, uh, the second carriage, and Lord and Lady Redgrave are in the first carriage. Um, the, the the NPCs are in the the back one. They're in the building. And as you're going past, the little boy throws a bouquet up, uh, which Lady Redgrave catches. And she's smiling and waving at the little boy who's beaming at her. And just as your carriage goes past, you see he gets cuffed around the ear and you just hear something saying, you daft little bastard, I told you to save that for the Queen. <laughs> Have they removed the the, um, the flat earth people? Well, there are a lot of uh, banners and slogans and things around you. There's quite a bit of a crowd, so um, people could be mixed in. But it's all very, very good natured. And you can see banners saying things like, good luck, uh, the moon is British. Uh, the world is flat, the end is nigh, God save the king is, is one quite large <laughs> banner. And, um, you know, there are, there are flags, loads and loads of flags, some the size of bed sheets and some the size of pocket handkerchiefs. It's a hugely good-natured crowd. There are hats waving and being thrown in the air. And this is just you lot heading to the station. You haven't even come back with the king yet. So it's going very, very well. Anyway. Get down to the station... Pull in, everybody uh, gets down, everything meets the uh, the royal train, 
and essentially it's all done properly in reverse then the uh, king queen song gets uh, in their carriage and taken through first and then uh, you lot follow on behind where there's a bit of a repeat as people realize that in fact it's you know if you're heading down to the station you'll be coming back with the king and queen so some more flowers have been found and that's all being sorted and you get back to the factory um, as you come entering the grounds, you can hear a brass band breaking up into a, a sort of sprightly medley of uh, popular uh, tunes of the day. I'm not going to play any background music. So, uh. And as you pull around, it's all been rather beautifully planned so that you can see that the last couple of days when you've been away from the astronaut and have been doing other training, they've set up a sort of viewing platform. The astronaut itself is there in its dark sort of big cradle it sits in covered with uh, union uh, union flag over the top of it uh, looking absolutely splendid there's an arrangement at the front you can see a bottle of uh, champagne there with a big ribbon and there's uh, quite a few uh, senior factory employees and uh, the mayor of Smeaton people like that are on this viewing platform and there's um... actually sorry I've fluffed that slightly um, the King isn't got driven, fluffers. No, well, King isn't driven right up in there. You're basically taken in first so that you can get things set up. The King and we'll get to our seats. That's the thing. Good, good. Well, yeah. You're not going to sit down. You're going to be taken to the red carpet, which is in front of the platform Ooh, that goes bro. up into the astronaut. Oh lord! So um, Redgrave comes uh, dashing across, and uh, you hear the uh, the brass band, which had started to moving on to Rule Britannia. They move on now to God Save the King, and this is the, the sign, of course, that the uh, the King has arrived, and everybody starts Stand to up. stand. And, uh, You're already standing. And there are bouquets that are given by a couple of little girls. It's all, you know, just the sort of thing you'd expect to see. And there's, uh, sure enough, a, a slightly shorter than expected, uh, rather ruddy... Ch- I'm assuming he's he's muted the mic, although he's not stopped the mucus from splashing on the webcam. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't think everybody wanted to hear me sneeze. Sorry, yeah. carry on. It's very distracting with just the visuals. But... <laughs> uh, you okay? I'm fine. Carry on. I'm just going to blow my nose. So I'll mute again. Right over. But... <laughs> so you're all standing in a line. It's very much like uh, you know after the uh, Royal Variety performance or something. Oh, I've, I've I've met the King and Queen before. I mean, I've, I've obviously been presented at court and all that crap. So. Oh, God, oh you're Lady Muck, aren't you, with your fancy ears and your... Sorry, no, Valentine, carry on. Lady Valentine. Oh, yeah, Lady Valentine. <laughs> <Wrong name. laughs> yeah. Lady Muck's a frightful cow. <laughs> Common as a... Well, I don't know. Well, I know how to Common create royalty. I'm trained on that sort of mm. thing, so, you know. Uh, so the king is coming across and sort of shaking people's hands and... Uh, um, uh, these equery, I suppose, uh, is leaning over and sort of mutters a, a name into his ear as he approaches each person. So, so <coughs> Victor Bates. Um, yeah, uh, and he's uh, asking all those uh, those insightful, well-informed questions that you would expect. <laughs> as soon as he realises that uh, Lieutenant Bates is is a military man, you know, and um, you expect to find uh, any good shooting on tomorrow. And uh, Bates is a bit uh, <coughs> hopeful, sir. Yes. Go through, shakes your hand, curtsy, bow, all the usual sort of stuff. It's not much. To see. You're not going to get much of a conversation with him. 
And the same applies to the Queen, who, uh, if rumour is true, is profoundly deaf. So the conversations that start with her are, are even more bitty. Still, well, it's, she, it's quite an honour. She's Danish or something, isn't she? I can't remember. Uh, no, I can't remember either. Yeah, she's not English. She is, however, taller than the King. I know that. Yes, she's yeah. the Queen! But, you know, she, she hides it well. So eventually the King climbs up onto a low platform, which is at the front of the bow for the... Uh, of the astronaut and makes a short speech. We're here today to witness the relaunching of this fine vessel of the skies. As you all know, she's already visited several worlds and moons. We've learned of her exploits with deep pride in the genius that designed her and the British workmen that built her. There's loud cheers. Yeah. Now she's to fly again in a second expedition to our sister world, the moon. Soon we hope more regular commerce in space. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And incorporation of new worlds into her empire, so on. So, uh, he... Uh, Right. Rather belatedly, do, do we salute the astronaut, uh, smashes yeah, exactly. the uh, the champagne across the needle sharp ram at the front of the uh, the ship, and so there are fragments of lethally sharp glass and champagne <laughs> flying everywhere. Wonderful. <laughs> so proper champagne is brought round for everyone, and there's uh, lots of uh, very good cheer and monomy. Uh, there are quite a few security Cheers. agents who are clearly in the crowd. Gangways withdrawn. Everything's uh, moved back. And the situation then moves over to Lord Redgrave giving the King and Queen a very quick look around the astronaut. And you're really just literally putting your suitcases in the hold at this stage. You've got personal lockers and you can take two... At this stage, it's it's dawning on Dr. Crowther that he is actually going to the moon and it's not some crazy... He's actually going to take off the planet and go to the moon. And Is he having to take us more sense to have just, I've just been listening to Just getting a little bit distressing. Yeah, I've just been listening to the HP podcast, um, one where they were doing the round robin story that Robert Howard mm. and Frank Belknap Longdon loved. <laughs> and I was particularly taken, uh, I already knew about it, but it was very, the contrast was very marked between the Robert yes. Howard hero and. The HP Lovecraft hero. Yes, so the Lovecraft hero drawn... faints three times in one page, <laughs> as opposed to the Howard hero who pulls himself together and starts to take over the empire. Immediately <laughs> kills the <laughs> chief scientist. So what I'm interested in is if if Doctor Crowther then is is suddenly getting the realization that he is about to Lovecraft leave character. the bounds of Earth. Yeah, is he taking the Lovecraftian approach or a more <laughs> or the Howardian approach? Response? He picks up a nearby piece of broken glass and stabs the king in the throat. <laughs> um, therefore inheriting the country. Is he's taking he's taking the Kipling approach of uh, adopting a stiff upper lip. I've never kibbled. Um, and he adopts a stiff upper lip and just goes a little bit pale as he considers what's about to happen. Knee trembling. <laughs> no, maybe later. <laughs> no, not a knee trembler. That's <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood, John. Whereas Lady Valentine is beside herself with excitement and can barely, you know, get a move on everybody. I want to get on them. Well, the servants have brought round uh, everybody's suitcases. Murgatroyd is helping people to stow those. And then you have to sort of get out of the way so that the king and queen can come back up and uh, out through the airlock. And um, now the time has come. Everything is loaded. Okay. As Lady Valentine stifles. Lady Valentine is clearly bored by the whole situation. (laughs) 
Sorry, they yeah. There are a few off. patches where there's actually nothing for the characters to do in this except for me to just race through and all the stuff's <laughs> happening in a moment. This is how Lady Valentine, this, this is safe, isn't it? Oh, it's perfectly safe. I mean, it's already been right. up once. Right. Okay. Lord Redgrave walks past you, sort of uh, gives a, a, a nod and a, a firm smile. And I'll give him a cheery wink. Atmospheric control room. Uh, looks through it and says, uh, uh, Dr. Crowther, would you mind uh, just closing the outer door? Uh, absolutely. Um, I'll <laughs> stand outside the astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> what a. Oh, on the <laughs> Bring me back some moon rock. Um, yes, uh, no trouble. Um, now, I've practiced this, obviously, so I manage it with consummate ease. It's, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to make you roll to close the door. <laughs> And we all die because I do pressure. There's a photo oh, a of Dr. Crowther shutting the door on the king's leg or something. Is it like a wheel door, like oh, a, a submarine so, yeah. type? Is that the uh, sort of thing we're dealing quite. with? Not well, quite. It's more of a sort of a couple of levers that lock down. Right, they, right. They've oh. got rods that lock into the oh, yeah. side of it. Uh, on this particular one, this isn't Clang. this isn't the main airlock door. This is um, this is another door. It's basically got two ways in. But yeah, you've got a ladder that goes down from here. The sound of the crowd wow. is completely shut out at this stage. It's um, it's pretty good soundproofing in here. Shall we head to the viewing platform then? Uh, you'll probably be in the uh, in the uh, the observation deck because you'll be wanting to see the crowds, wave everybody, and wave. hopefully not vomiting as you take off. Uh, Lord Redgrave seems to be uh, pretty happy. We were all right in the plane. Have you you, you flown before, Dr. Crowther, in a balloon or anything? Uh, I was was in a balloon once, yes. It was was an interesting experience. Do you get airsick? Well, this is probably very different to that. I mean, it doesn't really matter how I felt in that situation. I'm sure this will feel very, very different. There are bags over there. Minimum engine power, then, Murgatroyd. Minimum? Don't, Don't we need... Don't we need more engine power? Oh, not yet, no. Just it... You can see that the air screws, which are deployed from the outer side in sort of rear pods, um, he's made sure that everybody is standing back, obviously he doesn't want to... Shred the crowd. The <laughs> um, they start to spin quite slowly at first. Again, you're getting a faint hum of, of noise, but you can't hear. It must be reasonably loud out there with these big propellers going. Um, and you realise that... You're actually you're, you've been off the ground for several seconds. Uh, you're possibly fifteen or twenty feet up, because um, it has started to rise before he'd even turned the propellers uh, to go, as it were. So um, it's incredibly smooth. Like no, even if you've flown before, this is like nothing you've ever experienced—a balloon or a glider. Or it's, it's, it's just bumpy and choppy compared to this. I say we're in the air, Lady Valentine. Isn't it great? Oh look, the crowd are getting all small. No, 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 I think this is a matter of perspective. <laughs> well, yes, obviously, but look, like keep a seat. There's a very it's a fascinating. They're like the they're crowd. like little ants. You oh no, that is something. You can just make out the noise, and it's fading, fading fast. So, okay, wanders back. We're, from we're going the to the moon, and uh, goes around to check all of the uh, hatches, um, battens everything down, make sure they're all really tight. Sorry, sorry, it's that noise. It's my guinea pig. <laughs> What's that? Stop fidgeting. Stay it's still, Lucius. <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> right. 
the pretty much the only sound once you're away from Smeaton and uh, slowly cruising upwards is just the gentle hum of the engines and um, you know, the excited chatter from your uh, the rest of your team. Uh, Lord and Lady Redgrave and Murgatroyd have of course done this before. Murgatroyd is basically where he always is now. He's down in the engine room, totally out of sight. He ne- he almost never leaves the ship. And should we uh, should we take a photograph of the uh, not not myself or Lady Valentine, obviously, God no. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, small Crowley sketch. You'll just keep popping up in photos on the moon. <laughs> Well, Redgrave uh, turns back and says, well, we're expecting uh, approximately 12 hours to take us to the moon, so um should be fairly routine. We'll just have to keep an eye on uh, things as we go. But uh, your time is, is pretty much your own. Just uh, make sure that everybody's around. So Not that you can go very far, uh, but so that we can make sure anything that needs to be done can be done smoothly. Um, well, if it's okay with everyone, I'd like to pour, perform a few basic medical tests on the crew as we ascend. Oh, I, I don't think there'll be any uh, any problems with that. Um... Right, if you just strap yourself down to the vivisection table, we'll begin. <laughs> uh, no, I need blood... a tissue sample. <laughs> um, just blood pressure, heart rate, um, that sort of thing. I won't take my own. Yeah. Would you like me to cough? No, just tell me the number of your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I, this sort of thing calms me down, so I'm making meticulous notes and just... Right. I might be triangling to uh, get down with the engines while they're heading up. Well, Lady Redgrave... If I'm allowed actually, to. Uh, yeah, you can go down. The, the engines are, are fascinating bits of machinery with very little seemingly going on. There are some moving bits and pieces. Um... Got a cutaway diagram, but I don't think it's going to look very good. Hello, Mrs. Peel. There's a cat on board. Yes, Yes. did that get there? The ship's cat, of course. (laughs) Did nobody mention the cat? It's more the ship's gorilla and the ship's (laughs) ship's elephant I'm a bit concerned about. It's alright, the cat will get them. That's true. Now, I did write the crew's name down somewhere. Oh. More than I've done. <laughs> Professor George Ips. Yes, he's the archaeologist. Yep, he's Dr. Albert Gotteridge, the, uh, he's the, the quack. Um, Surgeon. Lieutenant Bates. And uh, obviously Lord and Lady Redgrave. And, and uh, Murgatroyd. Mr. Murgatroyd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, good old Andrew Murgatroyd. Couldn't, uh, couldn't get this done without him. Right then, um, down by the engine room. I'm oh, sorry, I can't find that uh, illustration. But the, the sort of slightly uh, almost bulbous pear-shaped things with a couple of rotating arrangements of crystal that looks like a tuning fork. It's all a bit odd, but a lot of it's behind sort of heavy lead shielding, uh, which is to do with uh, the way that gravitons are stored and released. So uh, you don't want them releasing too fast because then you run out of fuel. And if you run out and have no gravitons, you're basically dead because you'll just (laughs) float in space until you fall into the gravity well of, you know, Saturn or something. So are we in free fall now or do we have... you are currently still in the atmosphere, but you're... Right. Anybody who is in the observation deck or indeed down in the engine room, because just in front of the engine room where Lady Redgrave is, uh, she calls across to you. Oh, Lady Valentine. I think you may find the view here quite spectacular. Oh, and, uh, yes, reaches right down, 
and pulls a little crank back and a panel oh, the slides back and there is a glass floor. It's the same kind of um, triple laminated, specially designed by Lord Redgrave, um, pane of glass as in the observation deck. At the floor. And you can see basically the earth because the, the astronaut, although it's pointing slightly up, no, not on the ukulele, honey. No, no. That, can That's I just point out to the listeners <laughs> that was to the cat? <laughs> Excuse me. Not the lovely Emma. <laughs> uh, cat extraction. Oh. He didn't just go rotted, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. Anyway, yeah, right, okay. Cat extraction. Cat extraction. <laughs> I just have to persuade us to settle down a bit. There you go. It's because it's that gone half eight, I'm inside time. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, she's looking all right now. Uh, yes, so you can see the Earth. Um, you're, Are we high enough up to see the You're pointing and slightly up, but effectively the astronaut at this stage is sort of rising rather than like a rocket. You know, yeah. A bit upwards. Are we quite well, high enough to see the curvature of the Earth? You can start yeah. to see the curve, and uh, it's really quite spectacular. This, this is a view that almost nobody has seen right. before. Because no balloons have then got this high. <laughs> Sky is starting to darken. This is more noticeable for people on the observation deck, but you'll get a, a glimpse of it from where you are downstairs. Uh, and you can indeed see the uh, really quite pronounced curve of the horizon. Good Lord. Basically falling to my knees and staring through this window at this point. <laughs> Short of doing the small child impression of... Up against the <laughs> glass, <you know. laughs> Lady Valentine, please don't lick the glass. <laughs> Just get rather cold. <laughs> oh. Lord Redgrave uh, adjusts his uh, explorer's tweeds and uh, becomes his. Ah, uh, Dr. Crowder. There's something wonderful about a space mission wearing tweeds. Isn't oh, you yeah, think that's probably wonderful. mostly wearing tweed. <laughs> Just wait till you land on the moon. Um, where, of course, they're expecting that the, the sunlight, unfiltered by its atmosphere, is going to be particularly harsh, which means you'll have to draw the curtains. <laughs> I, bet, I wonder, they did have curtains on Apollo, didn't they? <laughs> Possibly not velvet ones with sashes, no. <laughs> where, you know, you, you just sort of pull a little uh, thing across it. <laughs> Nice little helmets at top. <laughs> I, I don't think they had what you'd describe as, as curtains. I suspect they would describe... Yes, they had shields. Like, shields. They, they had, I don't know, blinds or shutters. With foil stuff on the outside, yeah. Oh, an Edwardian Apollo mission. You wouldn't have been on this. Houston, we have a problem. It'd be London. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is going according to plan. No, it wouldn't. It would all be in Morse. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. And in fact... It's funny you should say that, because uh, Lord Redgrave comes across to you, Dr. Crowder, and says, uh, Well, Doctor, uh, I feel the time has come to uh, fulfil some of our obligations. Um, as I say, we've got about 12 hours, so there's plenty of time to get everything done. Uh, one of the right. things we need to do, of course, is to test the new Marconi apparatus and uh, exchange a few signals. Now, this is, of course, your area of expertise. Absolutely. It certainly is. I, uh, I am uh, a Morse um, man. If... Uh, if Dr. Gutteridge and Professor Ips could um, uh, go down and uh, have a word with Murgatroyd. He'll show you how to uh, release the aerial. 
And, this is um, the mile-long aerial that's right. This is the mile-long aerial, yes. It's, it's very, oh, very somebody's fine. compensating for something. It's, very, it's not just like a big telescopic aerial, it's a huge wheel. <laughs> it's like oh, a kite tail. It's a kite tail. It's like a wire. Sounds like somebody's feeling a bit inadequate, that's all I'm <laughs> saying. Like when you get... When you get towards the ground, or if you're not high enough above the ground, you can't use the the wireless very well. It's only got a very short range aerial, because to have a big aerial, you either need something like a ship, or you need to be on the land. So the astronauts right. only have this flexible trailing aerial, but it's outside hoped, the atmosphere. It's hoped, well, upper atmosphere as well, you can do it. Uh, it is hoped that you'll be able to communicate when actually around the moon. But again, once you land on the moon, you can't have the aerial out because the possibility of getting damaged or tangled is far too great. I see. I so presume we're landing. Need... Daft question. I presume we're landing on the day side of the moon. Well, you're landing by the pyramid. Um, I think it's it, yeah. It is. It is light. It is the light. Not side. the dark. Not the other side of the moon. No, they, they went round to the dark side, didn't they? Um, just trying to think. <sighs> yeah, the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> I was just checking because otherwise the radio wouldn't work if we were on the other side. Well, you never know, it might not work here. Um, no. <laughs> Dr. Crowley, you're going to have to get your dice out. Oh, wonderful. Dice. I shall uh, get my dice out and uh, release. I furiously ba- bashed my dice into submission and told them to throw well this week. What have we got? So you've got Morse code at five. I have indeed. Excellent. Presumably, this is a very easy task. Per, per, uh, Turning the radio send, on. <laughs> sending the first radio message <laughs> from the outer dice, atmosphere. If you would. London. Will you roll the dice, please. At <laughs> uh, seven. Seven. I'm hoping that's a reasonable. Now remember, this is a roll under system. Yeah, but seven's average. And your target this... was eight. Six. Oh, you! I win. You turn the radio on. <laughs> so you've got everything set up. You've warmed I, the. I believe uh... I've got jazz FM. <laughs> yeah. That's always a bloody advert, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Everything looks as if it's set up here. You're just waiting for the light to come on to say that the aerial has been deployed. And then eventually that comes up as well. And you start to tap out... So am I a giver or receiver in this uh, uh, radio relationship? Okay, I'll Uh, send the first radio message from space. Firstly, you need to tune in so that you can actually get the right frequency um, because you're going to be listening to Marconi's transmission of S. They're repeating... Yeah, so it's just dot dot dot. Right. Yeah. Is that just like a constant ellipsis because they're waiting for me to do yes. something? Okay, so, uh, I'll, I'll do that. Sitting down and then I'll the... send the first radio message from space. He's sitting down there on the line. My name will be in history books. He's got, his, uh, he's got his headphones on, which are really bizarre, ungainly looking items. Um, Can we stick and... to the game? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so sensitive. <laughs> These are my ears. You can hear the call sign. You get it tuned in quite well. There are some atmospherics. Um, it's you know it's fading in and out, but you manage yeah, to keep doing that, Amelia. Camera. It's constant. <laughs> and then you can uh, reply with the uh, the agreed call sign that you've received. This is one small <laughs> step. We haven't stepped anywhere yet. Oh. <laughs> Scratch that. Thank God he hasn't got a sense of humour. Okay. <laughs> this is Mars. We come in peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
surrender your pleasure. Yeah. After the tone, please leave your message. <laughs> you have reached the astronaut. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you may have already won. Pluto. As soon as you've actually got that far, and it's it goes from S to you doing a very simple reply, the airwaves are suddenly practically jammed with... I mean, although there are, there are only two or three transmitting stations, uh, there's Cornwall, there's uh, Newfoundland, and a couple well, of... Well, anyone wants to hear what happens in Cornwall. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry yeah, that's my own there prejudice. There's one in Devon, though. <laughs> uh, um, so, Marconi's transmitters there have got you. Everybody, you can imagine, is tremendously excited and leaping All up four radio cheering. transmitters on Earth are going, they've got him! <laughs> well, there are more radio transmitters, but these are the only ones that can possibly reach the astronaut at this, yeah. at this stage. So um, you're, at this stage, not going directly to the moon. You're, you're doing a simple sort of test around. Um, so I'll, I'll rapidly translate. Going to, you're going to orbit the uh, the Earth, or at least part of the Earth, for a, a brief thing to get the first um, parts of the experiment sorted out. During that so time, I'm missing all the view, because I'm yes, excitedly radio-hamming. Uh, it looks, in your opinion, as though uh, shortwave frequencies seem to be working the best. Uh, right. But, so you get some um, congratulatory messages, and there's a little, little bit of them sort of overlapping one another. But generally speaking, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, you're, you're having to press your more skills a little bit uh, to, to respond well, in time. Lots of, OMG, we can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way, you is flying, though, Ruffle. I can hear you. WTF. <laughs> Uh, yes, very much like that. Is right? <laughs> uh, it's working, Lord Redgrave. Look at the messages. I mean, and they're all perfunctory. There's but... something else. Uh, quite a weak signal. A little bit swamped. It's obviously nowhere near as um, powerful as the the Marconi transmitters. Uh, but it appears to be um, uh, a, a CQD which I realise is slightly anachronistic, but effectively a CQD uh, message and uh, a distress call. A mayday a call. Effectively a mayday call. From a, what, a, a sailing vessel? Well, there are no other spaceships. Cap- Captain, I, I'm receiving a distress... I've always wanted to say this. I always wanted to be a horror. <laughs> Captain, I'm receiving a distress <laughs> call. So many ways. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turns on his swivel chair with his legs <laughs> crossed slightly. <laughs> Mooney skirt and says, <laughs> "Terrible image." Um. Oh, oh well, I'll translate. Uh, it's. Can I triangulate its position, or is uh, that that's just no, not going to happen? Is it? No, you, can't. you can probably relate to the other guys. You can do. You Very can slowly receive, and you can say, "Please transmit your position," because they will know where they are. Yes. <laughs> Unless you it's, hope um, they do. Uh, uh, Lord Redgrave, I, I appear to be receiving a message from a, another spaceship. That's not possible. There, there are no other spaceships. Well, uh, I'll, what, I'll what, see what's if the, I can what's find the message. Well, it's it's merely a mayday at the moment. Let me see if I can uh, get them to respond. Not saying we're stuck on the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just make a uh, a Morse roll here, would you please? Okay. No trouble. Twelve. Five. Oh, well, yeah, you've, been this very well. you've managed to tune out quite a bit of the interference from the more powerful transmitters and some of the atmospherics. Uh, you do get a response. Um, 
it's quite apparent from the first transmission that they didn't think anybody was listening because for one thing there aren't you know an abundance of uh, shipping with radios out there a lot of ships just don't have them can also, we transmit and receive at the same time or is it basically we're transmitting or we're receiving uh no what will happen this happened with the titanic in fact is that um it you get jamming mm. If if you try to get too many ships communicating at once, they jam each other completely. It's only one bit of string. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. So, some of the uh, some of the Titanic. I was listening to a, a fascinating documentary actually, where they'd used computer synthesized voices to read out the actual Morse transcripts. Um, so it was it was the proper back and forth. And at one point, the the message from the Titanic was um, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Right. Ship, okay. Yeah. Because they were trying to get help from someone and there was another ship that just turned up within range and sort of went hello oh, what's going on is everybody all right and they, they've got such a powerful transmitter they were blocking everything else right okay so you can tell that this is not in fact a spaceship as you have rather rashly announced to his lordship uh this appears to be um a distress call from a um a merchant ship which is slowly sinking it's taking on water, and they've lost. Well, why didn't they just ring us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lord Redgrave said, "No, yeah, yes, yes." Uh, sorry, hang on a second, dear. Got... <laughs> Hello, I'm on a spaceship. So, uh, yes, a merchant ship it on Earth. Appears to be sinking. There is um, water has not yet reached the engine room, but they are having no luck. Stopping the Transmit location immediate stop. It was quite apparent we've lost oh, Amelia. We've lost Amelia. Oh dear, that's not good. Um, well, we'll she'll just, probably um, be back in a sec. We can persevere. Yeah, we, we, we can easily do this because this is basically you anyway. Um, from his first messages, it was apparent he didn't think anybody was listening, but he gets very excited as, as soon as he realises that somebody there because he thinks you're another ship. This is our chance for fame. Here's Amelia back. Um, Transmit location immediate. Stop. Okay, Firefox crashed. Okay. Stop sinking. Stop. <laughs> Stop sinking. So, what, where are they? Sorry, I missed that bit briefly. <laughs> they are uh, in the North Atlantic. Like I guess. And you can really, I will transmit really... that location straight back to the world. To the world. Earth, there is a ship sinking upon cool. you. Helston, well, we have a problem. <laughs> Very good. Oh. <laughs> You've been dying to say that, haven't you? No, that's oh, I was just desperately running through all the places I know in Cornwall. Well done. A bit well like done. Houston. <laughs> I was thinking about sending it to London, Houston. But... <laughs> Brilliant. You yeah. beat me to it. Not so helpful for a ship. No. <laughs> but good for a pun. Right. Well, you uh, you managed to. I presume you can let the uh, the ship know that you've relayed the uh, the message. Fear not, help on way. So not only Godspeed and good luck. The astronaut. You've just saved a ship as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to. Do, I want to do a flourish like Godspeed and good luck. The astronaut. Earth's protected. No, actually, that's probably it's going a bit. Wars, you know, going a little bit far. <laughs> yes, don't get above yourself, Doctor. To infinity and, and beyond. 
So you're now moving away from the Earth, and uh, uh, Lord uh, Redgrave. It wasn't actually a spaceship. I'm telling you. <coughs> no, he, he worked that out. Uh, when, as soon as you read out the uh, the position, you realised that, that isn't actually. <laughs> it appears space. to be a spaceship somewhere in the North Atlantic. Canaries, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Eric. Thank you. Um, that, that was a canary noise. Was it? You were that. Um, <laughs> I'm not a bird doctor, am I? Oh, go on, then. I, I suppose exactly technically I am. Go on, let's do, do, a, do a, what is it, a Chinese water dragon. Do one of them. Uh, don't, they're, they're mute. Oh, they're famous that's for it. Isn't that <laughs> They're famous for being mute. Yes, <laughs> that's that? why they're called Chinese water dragons. Right, well, there, yeah, that's, that's, that's my so, answer. So, about, about an hour passes in embarrassed, embarrassed silence. I know, you've... Um, <laughs> You've now reached the point where you need to, to basically head off towards the moon. He's got it all carefully calculated. Uh, and about an hour after you um, have been communicating with the ship, you do get a message back from, uh, let's say, Helston, because it's funny because there's nothing there, um, it's a saying they've had word... As if that... there's something anywhere else in call. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> they've had word that a Royal Navy cruiser, which was conducting wireless trials uh, in the area, um, they picked up the signal once it was retransmitted from uh, the Marconi station and uh, they were able to uh, to assist the ship so they are currently picking up survivors. Oh hurrah, well done Doctor. Uh, this will of course, long before you get back to Earth, be all over the papers. So a bit of a publicity coup Wonderful. there. I'll, uh, I'll let Lord Redgrave know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure it'll make up for previous th- I'm sure the headlines will be something like, you know, Death Doctor makes a man <laughs> I'm not Dr. Bloody Crippin, or... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes, I remember Dr. Crowther's uh, autobiography. It was was an excellent read, but avoid the appendix. (laughs) Instead of I am not Spock, his his biography is I'm not bloody Dr. Crippin. Wasn't who coincidentally on a historical note wasn't he the first, the first person to be caught by wasn't he the the Pinkerton yes, found him on the ship and radioed yeah. ahead to New York. He was, he was on the first a, one to be caught by like international cooperation. Wasn't yeah, th- via the wireless. Yeah. Fascinatingly, and that was around about this time. Was it? I don't I forget the year, but it was around about now. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Well, I like people to learn as we. Not that that was solid. How much the, of the Earth have we orbited as, as we're going round? Uh, well, you're going at a reasonable pace. So, we get to like, uh, go, oh, there's America. Um, well, yeah, you were going across the North Atlantic, so... Uh, Which way round are we going? Oh, I don't know, Widdishins? Does it really matter? <laughs> well, Come on, GM, you're in control of the Hulk. <laughs> you're there's, going there's what, left. One way is easier than the other Left. Yeah. <laughs> left. Right, okay. That's that's okay. what they said all the way through Apollo. Keep left. Awkward. awkward. Well, look, you're the first people to do this. Okay. Right? The, later on, they can work out better systems, but you know, right. so far we've had. So a man who can't America. tell the difference between a merchant vessel on the Atlantic <laughs> and a spaceship, <laughs> despite knowing that there's only one spaceship in the world and he's in <laughs> it. I got all excited in <laughs> science fiction. It's been reading too many Jules Verne. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed you didn't think it was aliens. Anyway, I just you, always you wanted the... to say that. 
you can see the full globe of the Earth now, and indeed, if you um, if you turn around from it, because it is quite captivating, it's you know, brilliant blue and white, green, it's quite an astonishing sight. Uh, you can see the moon, which is uh, somewhat uh, less exciting, really. But oh. nonetheless, it's the moon. It does look so it's, rather dull. Uh, it may not be as pretty. And it's, what, nearly 12 hours after the launching ceremony, and you are coming in towards the central mountain. So are we actually, to answer, uh, ask the same question again that I've already asked, are we actually weightless in in the, or is there some kind of artificial gravity on the astronaut? There is lessened gravity on the moon. Lord Redgrave has been lessening the gravity on the astronaut, but not completely. Right. So he has control over gravity. uh, A little bit, yes, because of course the whole ship's propulsion system is to do with gravity. Well, he, he's somehow so, split um, gravity into positive and negative, hasn't he? And we use negative gravity to take yeah. off and positive gravity it's to keep us gravity. on board the ship. It, 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 it's a repulsive force, you see. So you, It you is quite disgusting. You, yes, indeed. Uh, you're in a situation where you can manipulate all kinds of things, and if you, if you sort of channel it against something, it can seem heavier. Um, it's not exactly heavier, it's just being sort of pushed... I see, I see. But, yes, effectively, you'll have noticed that he's been been doing this gradually. Um, You've been getting gradually lighter, but you are not floating around the cabin. It is about one second. Mm. This is one of the reasons why, if you recall, in the makeshift um, red-grade breathing dress that you were training in, you'd got sort of a backpack full of bricks and all that kind of stuff. You had to, to try and train... For, a, a for, for being much lighter by carrying around because a massive sack of bricks. Yeah, because you're going to be having very heavily weighted uh, lead boots and that kind of I thing. I do hope so we're playing a game of basketball on the moon. Basketball? Basketball? One will kick ass. Basketball? Uh, vo- uh, volleyball. The aerial has been wound in, so after your last transmission that you are going into... Uh, approach the, the moon, which you hope has been received, uh, you are now just sort of circling the area of the room. So we're incommunicado and... until we rewind out the mass now? Yeah. Okay. If you, yeah. You, can't, you can't actually call Earth while the astronef is landed. Okay. Because the, the only aerial that you've got for that kind of thing... It only works when we're floating around. Yeah, it's the same as you'd have on a very small ship. I mean, the astronaut has no mast. It's just a small aerial that goes up coming. Well, if you need some kind of enormous long antenna, well, look no further than... uh... (laughs) Sorry, carry on. I was was going to... No, 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 you carry on. No, no, no. I'm just going to... Stop being popular. (laughs) Sorry, it's not me, it's Gary... Oh, that's much more understandable. Yes. Um, so you are going to be landing in the middle of the ruined city, approximately a hundred yards from the Great Pyramid, and it is a bloody Great Pyramid. It's huge. Is it bigger than the ones at Cairo? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Actually. I imagine our Egyptologist getting exciting at this point. Dr. Ips. Professor Ips. Pips. Pips. Ips. Ips. Pippy baby. Um... <laughs> Perhaps not. Let me just Professor Ips, what kind of a surname is Ips? Come on, man, out with um, it! <laughs> it is approximately a thousand feet high. A thousand feet high? Wow. That's quite considerably That's, bigger. What's that, a third of a kilometre, something like that? 
it is not a third of a kilometre. No. Okay. Why? Why would you try try to translate feet into kilometres? Because I'm metric. Are you? Uh, oh. Metric man. That will be okay. the worst well, superhero um, ever. Um, metric man. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be precise. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd have a French accent, wouldn't he? Um, <laughs> it's about twice as high as the Great it's Pyramid. Big. It is very big. Very well. And you know that although they did some exploration, they couldn't really get very far inside because of the limited time. So, um, Earth is hanging God. in the sky to the north. It's about four times wider than a, a full moon would normally be. It looks enormous. And roughly half of the visible hemisphere is sunlit. You can see flashes of lightning over the South Atlantic lights, which, you know, if you look through the telescope and so on, can be cities. Uh, and that's the Earth left behind, this huge globe. So I guess uh, Reverend Green may in fact have been wrong after all. Who would have thought it? <laughs> the gentle hum stops. Uh, there's been a very slight powdery crunching as the astronaut has settled down. And it's now resting apparently quite firmly and contentedly on the surface of the Moon. We are oh, on landed. the Moon. It's incredible. Exciting. It actually works. Well, yes. Do you doubt it? Well, uh, not really, but uh, to actually be here, it quite takes one's breath away. Well, yes, it would if you're outside. Professor Ipsis. Hey, no, don't tell me Max Jolity's on board. <laughs> uh, in a sense. <laughs> Rapidly pushed out there, lock. <laughs> Why does everybody hate on <laughs> Let's see if you can pun in a vacuum, Jollity Punk. <laughs> right. Now, there have been a couple of minor little things that Murgatroyd wants to sort out with the engines. They're okay, but they're not running completely smoothly after the refit. So he's going to stay on board and do some work on the engine. It's going to take uh, quite a while to do that. But of course I presume will... we're not setting up a base, we're literally just having an astronaut You're, you're as a using base. the astronaut as the base, mm. although you can't move it once he starts doing No, no, but we're not like... He'll have to take some parts out. Yeah. But you know, he never leaves the ship anyway. If, if you read Honeymoon in Space, he's an extremely boring man. Uh, oh, <laughs> can't wait to get out. And um, you notice that Lieutenant Bates... He's looking very matter-of-fact. He's straight away headed over to the equipment locker that's got uh, sort of the spelunking gear and that kind of stuff, his special area of interest. Uh, uh, Dr. Gutteridge seems to be more interested in the, um, r well, mass of skeletons out there. I'm, I'm quite fascinated as well. So what, are they surrounding the pyramids? All... They're just all through this ruined city. There are an awful lot of skeletons. All over. I mean, not like heaped up. Right. But as if people have fallen over in the street and died oh, and, like you know, on the steps. It's just a pumping. I wonder what happened here. I suppose that's what well, we're I here to find, we out. to find out. Says Redgrave. I think we should uh, just quickly go over the situation you know with the uh, Redgrave dependable breathing dress. Um, we have perhaps up to three or four hours before you need to be back in, uh, both because there's uh, <clears throat> no lavatorial facilities. And obviously there's no uh, drinking water or possibility of eating while wearing one of these suits. Anything beyond that, of course, you could risk uh, exhausting the oxygen. But I'm more concerned about your, your personal discomfort. Absolutely. And, uh, 
and perhaps getting a little weak through lack of food and particularly lack of water. Does so, does this uh, does this mean the ladies have to wear trousers when they're in this? Well, yes. the suit effectively forms trousers. They, they, they won't be getting changed in the same rooms, of course oh, not. And the, right. the, most of the gentlemen are blushing and look, <laughs> other things to look at. Good heavens. <clears throat> trousers. <laughs> so is left-handed back to us Tourette's. Um, <laughs> yeah, sartorial Tourette's. <laughs> oh, there's no response so, there, really. Is <laughs> I, I hope not. Let's move on. Um... I'll come up with one in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your lightning whisk. It's, it's usually it's worth waiting for, but when you get it, you can't remember why you're waiting. <laughs> when I splice my speech back into this, I'm going to make myself five <laughs> oh. seconds quicker, so I'm actually going to look prescient. See, well, see, your, your puns and, and gags, they're very much like a Twitter conversation. You read it, you know it's funny, but you have to go to scroll back, back about three to pages together the conversation <laughs> to actually get the joke. Yes. Right, it's very easy to move the equipment about, you'll notice. That's the, um, the big advantage, of course, of lowered gravity. I strong. Crowther um, smash. Right, so everybody's getting re- ready. Redgrave is... Um, just going over the, the, the basic ground rules. Just a quick reminder. So, remember, don't work alone. Stay inside of your partner, uh, linked by telephone at all times. And remember, we can't hear you call to for help if both of you run into trouble. So mark your route with paint or string. Watch out for cellars, wells, pits, anything like that. Do we like have that. flares or He's anything? Out. I suppose they wouldn't work, us. would they? Have you forgotten? Yes, flares wouldn't work on the moon, I'm terribly sorry. No, we have the patented red grain flares. Oh. For the, uh, for the camera. Because we were so good at the, using the them. <laughs> no, we were good at using them, we just weren't good at using them with the camera. <laughs> you only just dropped it before you set yourself on fire. <laughs> he's, he's not letting you have a camera, Anything. if you recall. <laughs> red grain has, has basically given that to, to other people and she's got the main camera. Um, but if you felt that um, you've got quite a few of the flashes, so if you felt that the, the uh, flash flares might be useful, you can certainly be issued with one or two of those. That's, that's I, I would out. appreciate a couple of flash flares if that's right. possible. Uh, well, essentially everybody's going out. You're going to head into different areas, um, kind of explore as you as you wish to, for your particular areas okay. of interest. Um, you just mind being the engineering? I was wondering whether I'd be helping or whether I get sent out. Well, do you want to sit on the ship while everyone gets Not to really, but the moon? I did wonder why, you know, what I was meant to be doing. <laughs> you, I mean, you've got an engineering background. But Mr. So Murgatroyd's staying on the ship. The area. Yeah, Murgatroyd's They're mapping the area. Well, I've got a general um, science background, so... You can certainly help with the surveying. You'll be able to come up with you know, various spurious theories. Sure. It's all, it's all Who do, do I get partnered up with the Doctor, then? That would make it easier, wouldn't it? You could do. I think it would definitely be easier since you can't talk to anyone else. <laughs> that could be for interesting audience. So that would mean me just running two conversations. Right, now we're starting two Google Hangouts. <laughs> so you have we do know a each other, city do with lo- lots of sort of small, smallish, low buildings. It's like a city of bungalows. Mm. And then the gigantic... Like Milton Keynes. Lord and Lady Redgrave are going to head to the pyramid and they're going to survey the outside of it. You are to be back at the Astroneth in two hours, and the idea Time for tea. To, well, because after two hours it starts getting quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, the idea then is how do we know the notes. time in our Redgrave patented? We've probably got red, 
patented red grave little watch. Oh, a heads up display. Yeah. A wristwatch. How novel. Mm. I mean, normally a device for ladies, but these are kind of an oversized style. Okay. To go on the top of the suit, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, a bit like those. Uh, have you ever seen those early German pilot watches? They are absolutely enormous. It's like having a, a, a saucer on your wrist. <laughs> okay. That's sort of Especially it's designed rapid. to work in low gravity, I thought. Yeah, well, they uh, yeah, good point. accommodate that. Well, it's not got a pendulum on it. So <laughs> no. Worry about that. He's probably got the some... design from some professor who's mysteriously burned to death in his museum. He's not going to string of mysterious <laughs> professors. <laughs> We stand on the shoulders of giants, all of whom died suspiciously. <laughs> so he says. So it is up to you, effectively, where you go and what you're doing. Lord and Lady Redgrave are going to survey the outside of the pyramid, come back, and once you've all compared notes and decided what are the most promising areas, then one major part of the expedition is going to go into the pyramid. But at this stage, you've got two hours to sort of head out and really see what you think. Well, Take you the equipment you feel at, will be needed. You want to look at the skeletons? I doctor. would be fascinated at a closer look at the anatomy well, if, if of you, these. If you'd like me to assist you with that and uh, take some... So we'll take some sample bags. Um, readings and uh, sketches. Yep. And, and uh, I probably well, won't need my spigomanometer. Yeah, one just <laughs> shovels some skeletons into the wheelbarrow. Yes. Well, that, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's what they used to do. <laughs> well, okay, we'll, uh, we'll do that. <laughs> What, what interests me is if any uh, any archaeologist is going to be listening to this. I know there are quite a what few kind of archaeologist <laughs> would listen to it? Hello, Paul. She doesn't listen to the audios, does she? No, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> right. She's a little more sane than the rest of it. So you will basically go um, it probably in pairs down to the airlock, and then it's a pr- the process, as you would expect. Get into the airlock... Check your suits and everything are okay. Close the airlock door, air's pumped out, and out you go onto the surface of the moon. Absolutely. Uh, Lord, and Lady Redgrave, yeah. Lord and Lady Redgrave are going first because they're the only. Exp- That's well, how in a film when you go out in a spaceship. They're very quiet suits. Okay. You can just unplug him. Nobody can hear you at all except through. Don't forget, you've got a little blackboard and chalk. Yes. So that you can communicate with people you're not plugged into because you literally have a telephone cable plugged into the helmet. You have to make sure you don't wander off in opposite directions or round poles or something. We'd be banging to the middle. Um, other equipment you might want to have things like um, they've got long uh, hafted pickaxes so that you can sort of use them a bit like an ice axe to kind of walk on and also for I don't suppose, we're not we're not taking it on rope we're not taking a gun are we um, Lady Redgrave. Lord Redgrave Lord Redgrave has a rifle with him just in case they didn't encounter anything alive in the city when they were first well here. it seems it seems a bit of an unnecessary precaution we can always write G Q S on the blackboard and wave. Is that what we write? What's the help thing? CQD. CQ cross CQ. Ha- I just cro- go for help. help. <laughs> or perhaps wave and jump up and down because if they're close enough to read what you've written on a they small can slate, they can probably see them frantically waving. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's saying something. Biting his. Oh, I can't make that leg off. No, that there giant spider's in the way. It's not... <laughs> so his writing's really not very good when he's having his leg bitten off. 
I'm selenites in the way, I guess. <laughs> okay. Right, up to you. Where, where are you off to? Feel free to actually do some talking. Heading for whichever uh, pile of... Well, after you, Doctor. I mean, Look you, at this first plane full of... Uh, so I want to investigate how the people... Were they taken by surprise? Did they all die at once? Is this a gradual thing? Or... No, obviously... Well, you've got my science expertise, but obviously I haven't really got biology or anything, so... So this this is what I'm interested in. What sort of position are they in? Are they human or very human-like? Do they are they bigger than us, smaller than us? Burnt. Yes. How did they die? So you're you're heading to some of the nearer skeletons to start with. Yes. With a wheelbarrow pickaxe. Typical archaeology. Air is pumped out of the uh, the airlock, and you undo the hatches, and basically the moon opens up in front of you and it, it's a sort of a pumice-like dust um, quite grey I want to do and the breathing noise be... again it would get me into the atmosphere can I no okay I'm not plugged into you yet <laughs> can't hear you so <laughs> okay oh yeah you're all fully plugged in <sighs> oh <damn. laughs> just be thankful he isn't sort of doing the mouth trumpet rendition of Rule Britannia <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, are you having some problems with your communications there? No, no, sorry, just humming to myself. If uh, if there is a problem, Amelia, you can, of course, reach over and turn the valve on his oxygen supply <laughs> until <laughs> he complies with your requirements. <laughs> like, I know how they work. He probably doesn't quite so well. <laughs> uh, well I have been practising. We all had trained, yes. Yeah, he did spectacularly badly on most of the tests, as I recall. I, I did very well on the uh, the red grave walking about and breathing apparatus. Yeah, we've the Redgrave walking about test. <laughs> yes. Walk in a straight line. Now put your finger on your nose. <laughs> well, oh, we're heading to nearest pile. Successfully walked across the room. Nearest pile of skeletons. Yes. Thing. All right. Now this is where you notice the uh, peculiarities of uh, of the setup here. You push the wheelbarrow out, and it it sort of bounces <laughs> very easily, <laughs> despite the fact it's it's not got you know pneumatic tires or anything. It's it's very easy. Once you get a, a good firm grip on it to kind of uh, manoeuvre it over small rocks and things, because it. Well, I presume the, the doctor's pushing the wheelbarrow. Yes, I'm just giving you a general sense. Um, obviously, got That's your. an awfully big on. presumption. But yes. <laughs> good heavens. <laughs> uh, the first thing that you notice, apart from the sort of the strange texture, and even through the, the big heavy lead boots, you can feel the, the strange crunchiness of the surface. Um, the slight peculiarity. Of having somebody next to you who you are connected with a, a, a kind of a how long is our radio pipe thing? Uh, it's uh, it's about six or eight feet. Okay, it's not very long. Okay, how long is my cable? If you need to go, because the problem is if you get close together, you'll fall over it. So it can't be too long. Or right, it becomes cumbersome. Uh, it will unclip. It's got like a sort of a, basically a bayonet fitting. So it's like mm. a bayonet in your hand. Um, I've got a bayonet the, in my head. Effectively. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit, yeah, it's like Robocop. <laughs> um, the thing that you really do notice that you understood from training on Earth, but it's particularly noticeable here, the lantern is, is mounted in the chest. Now, you're not using that at this stage because it's very bright outside. Uh, but it does shine directly forwards, and it's very hard unless you tilt forwards to shine on anything below you. But you can't look down, because, of course, the helmet is completely fixed. So you've got a very limited view down 
sort of through the window. Right. So light, light very, would be quite different as well. It's very, very easy to do things like fall over skeletons or walk up to something and tread on it without realising you're there. Or you look down and you actually haven't reached it yet. You've not walked as far as you thought. So we'll see if we can come up with some system where Lady Valentine... If you could stand back, Lady Valentine, and just see if you can shine the light on the skeletons... And then well, at this stage you don't need the light so much. You are it's it's pretty light out here. Okay, okay. But I've, I've in, probably sort of knelt down and I'm, I'm staring at the soil. So I'm quite fascinated by this. Should we uh, take a sample of the moon moon right. dust? Yes, why not? That sounds we'll, great. We'll scoop some into the barrow. Well, no, I, I have a little collecting. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it's, you don't just put everything in a heap. <laughs> 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 Here we are. Next lot. <laughs> What was this? Yeah. What did this I've, collect, I've collected soil samples from 20 different locations. Where are they? They're all in the wheelbarrow. It's like coming up from the beach with the, you know, the really big tub of shells. The skeletons are larger than human. They, they're clearly not human, but they are human-like. Perhaps, you know, perhaps grown larger vastly... because of the lower gravity here? Mm. They're not vastly different from human, but um, make a make a roll on your um, Are they similar substances? whatever is your appro- appropriate doctoring skill. What have you got? Uh, doctor. Well, doctor is probably yes. The that one. might be the best. I'm six at that. Human anatomy, I sh- hope. Uh, eight. <laughs> so you've got a level five in doctor. Isn't six you? now. I'm uh, oh, I up, I pimped it? me uh, me doctor up though, innit? Um, and right? I've rolled an eight. Yeah. Oh, I've got scientists, so I would have basic biology and stuff. Yeah, you. I also have scientists. Uh... Yeah, you would say that these are quite possibly with your uh, research into low gravity and that kind of thing. It, it is down to the gravitational situation on uh-huh. the moon. Uh, they're certainly related to humans. The differences in skull formation and uh, proportion are slight and not completely unknown amongst different um, human races. But presumably so, these are of a race inferior to white men, I would have thought. They could have been white men. You don't know that. That seems very unlikely. Um, I'm afraid... If the civilization failed thousands of years <laughs> Yes, ago. exactly. I'm afraid it's it's worse than that, Lady Valentine. He's he's dead. Well, obviously, Doctor. I mean, he's a skeleton. Oh, right. Yes, I just wanted to say that. I don't, don't Do you know. want me to pick him up? Uh, I I can pick him up. Look. Most of the bones start to crumble and powder immediately, particularly when you're waving it over your head. Doctor. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. I got carried away with the uh, increased. Uh... Um, they are incredibly fragile, and uh, it's it's obvious. Obviously, of tremendous antiquity. Is there any way of picking up some of it without it crumbling to yes. dust? I you shall... will be able to get, you know, quite a large fragment of the skull, some of the bones. But um, any is there a... any soft tissue remaining? It's all bone, is it? No sign of anything. Not out here. Now, now I wonder because... if there are microbes on the moon that. Uh... I mean, what actually digested these creatures? Uh, di- not digested. What's the thing that happens when you drop dead? Withered. Uh, withered. Uh, decayed. Um, desiccated. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, 
Um, well, thinking back to Dickens, uh, when you're dead, all your neighbours who didn't really like you come around and rob the corpse and take the sheets off the bed, don't they? Well, presumably so that's what happened. I guess that's what you're thinking of. Do we, I don't even know how far germ theory is in the 1900s. We know about microbes, presumably. We do, yes, because we've invented the microscope. Yes. You've got very good microscopes, in fact. Apart from the fact that <laughs> the most advanced microscope of the time, this is a real thing, if you don't quite use it properly, and possibly if you do, it will blind you. Okay, wonderful. Of course we know about bacteria, because what happens to the creatures in War of the Worlds. So, um, fascinating. I wonder if there are moon uh, microscopic organisms. And how would you find that out? Well, hold your breath and lift up the visor. <laughs> uh, this is fascinating. Anyway, we have a few samples. Is there anywhere you'd like to explore, Lady Valentine? Well, I, I was wanted to look up the, the bones. I mean, uh, do they do they appear weathered in any way, or corroded, or That's burnt? That's true. What or... did corrode well, them? Or can... great, great disaster? Yes. How did it's, they die? It's interesting that there are no after after a little. Actually, make a science roll, Lady Valentine. Um, oh, what have you got in science? I have six. Ooh. Well, you shouldn't have any problems with us then. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with it. What have you? It's a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven. Eleven. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you what, Dr. Crowley. These people um, aren't even dead. Would you like to make a roll either on scientist or doctor? I'd rather roll on doctor. It's rather up my alley. Six. Six. Six is my roll. Lady Valentine, it's quite obvious that these people died of uh, violent attacks. There are definite signs of um, cranial trauma. You can see impacts along many of the bones, splintering and so on. These are the the bones that you're seeing in situ before you move them, so it's nothing that you've inflicted. And you can point them out and all these... uh, these Doctor, this almost looks like a sword cut. It's quite impressive. I I think you'll find that's a nutrient foramen where the blood vessel enters the, uh, the bone. No, oh. you would you would actually think, Doctor, that it's far more likely to be um, a, a, a post mortem impact. So right, possibly meteor like a, a very small meteorite fragments of moon rock that have that have impacted. Um, it's definitely not happened while this creature was alive. Now, if you notice, Lady Valentine, that was that was well observed. But if you notice the lack of osteoclastic activity around the bones, then you will understand that these changes happen post mortem rather than ante mortem. Oh, that's very clever of you, Doctor. Yes, thank you. Well, I do my best. And the best thing is, of course, he'll use up his air quicker than you. If he keeps on <laughs> Stick with the engines, love. That's all I'm saying. I'm just imagining you you going off on one about you know talking about all the bits and pieces of the body, and just a small pair of shears appears and snaps through the <laughs> I, I'm just leaning on his air. Lady Valentine. <laughs> Communicating device appears to have become unplugged. Yes, it looks as if um, it's hard to say if there's any weather action out here because there's an awful lot of dust around. You haven't seen any particularly swirling apart from things you kicked up yourself. Or are there like any dunes or obvious signs that you'd think? Not particularly dunes. It looks more like impact craters, which are around, and indeed there are some in this area, which you would suspect. You know, the uh, 
um, the city they would never have built without. If they can build this amazing city and pyramid. They would have smoothed off the ground. So if you, you, you say so, is there um, is there a city as well, or just one yeah, giant? Yeah, lots of bungalows. It's like oh yes, yeah, I remember type buildings. The, the mostly one story. Some have uh, have got um, uh, there's one with a big broken dome. Uh, there are some benches in, in many rows that you can see through a doorway. Well, should we well, investigate half, half one of the dwellings? Yes, yeah, so if, if you want to leave your wheelbarrow with your uh, skeleton just here. And, sure, uh, let, let's, uh, we'll, we'll have a look in the bungalow. What's it made well, of? Might, Who built it? We might, might find some artefacts. That'd be fascinating. Yeah, quite so. Quite so. You pass um, across the centre of uh, what presumably was the town square. You're having to be very careful in some places to pick your way between the skeletons. They're... The, the whole civilization has died. Are they here. fallen in any way in that they all look like they're heading one way or. No. They look um, like they were just in a market. There's a lot of people who look as if they were maybe sitting sort of on steps or leaning against walls. There's a lot of that. So it, looks like so it, it is a suddenly. bit like Pompeii. They're, they're just dead. It's a sudden, not a gradual. Are they all pointing oh, in one direction true. with a horrified Going... look on there? <laughs> on yeah, their skulls. <laughs> see them from space. Are they laid out to form a message? Yeah. <laughs> um, Go no. away. <laughs> no. um. uh, you pass Lord and Lady Redgrave as they uh, wander around the pyramid with uh, the surveying equipment and sort of you know, waving. Yes, I'll salute or wave or whatever. Uh, no, he's waving across at Lady Redgrave as she she takes the stick back because they're, they're measuring the distances with the cardinal. Your light. Oh, okay. Did we bring a th- the other light or just a wheelbarrow? You got yeah, a wheelbarrow and a pick. Pickaxe. Okay. No, got some rope, you know, useful stuff. Well, he showed me the equipment. He said, take your pick. So I, I just. Sorry. You know, um, you said earlier that Amelia is Max Jollity on board. The answer is apparently yes. <laughs> I'm tired too. You've got to laugh, though, haven't you? <laughs> Oh, you're right. There's pits around. Throw me in. Now, Lord Redgrave didn't see any. Well, let's make no bones about it, Lady uh, Valentine. No wells like you'd have in a normal village. Uh, Didn't see anything like that, but they were only here for a short time, don't forget. They had very little opportunity to do much exploration. Does it look like. I mean, obviously, I'm not an archaeologist, but does it look like a village in that you have, you know, buildings and a marketplace? A city. A town. It's it's, it's big. Sewers, you know. Uh, well, you can't, see, you can't see a sewer. Are there can't any see. non-human bones, like livestock or anything like that, or pets mm, or anything? Let's have a scientist or doctoring role. Uh, doctor! Right, scientist or doctor minus one. Six! Six! Four. <laughs> Please can I have my six? Four on a five <laughs> if I'm minus one. Right, yeah, five. Um, um, you would both say No. Nothing cattle like dog like. Just humans, fascinating. And any sign of machinery or equipment of any kind? Not, not really out here. Now poking your head into one of these, uh, one of these buildings, part of the ceiling appears to have collapsed over the far side, so it's actually lighter in there than it might be. But you'll still need your chest torches. Uh, you can see um, there's a table which appears to have some utensils and things on it. There's definitely furniture in there. And uh, sort of ceramic uh, basin, almost just by the door. Oh. And you notice quite large table with a, uh, a sort of a recess that looks like it might be hold, for holding liquid, a sort of deep depression in there. Um, I mean, you can go in if you want to, or you can look around. Are there? Yeah, well, we'll have a look. Are in they here. humanoids? Are they 
all the same size, or are they obviously like adults and younger humanoids? Oh, it's a range. It's a range. Younglings. They killed the younglings. Sorry. Carry on. A moment yeah. silence for what happened to Star Wars. Yes, it will take more than a moment. <laughs> <laughs> are there any humanoids in this building? Uh, yes, there are a couple of skeletons over Sitting towards there, the Sitting there, you know, cup to mouth. <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's their breakfast. You know? Yeah, it's hard to say if something's happened suddenly because there there is a sense that some of these they look almost like they've sat down to die. Right. You know, there are an it's awful lot like of people who appear to have been sitting down. Hmm. Curious. Okay. Um, but if you look in, it there does appear to be um, there might be some knives. And similar utensils. They're, they've got. Are they metal? Uh, you're walking into to have a. Yeah, have a look at the building. I'll. Uh, Can we get it? Okay. I'll watch the rear. Get it the doors are quite high. Right, you're watching the rear from quite close up, of course, because you're tied to it. <laughs> you're eight foot behind me. Yes, yes, I presume everything is yeah. slightly too big for us. Oh, um, it's like Goldilocks. Slightly. Uh, as you're approaching the the table, you can see that definitely looks like a knife, and there are a couple of other peculiar implements and a, a spoon and um, there's a bit of a chunk of, of rock which appears to have cracked this table and corresponds to where the ceiling is, has been pushed through the hole yeah. so it looks like a, a meteorite has, has impacted presumably not particularly strongly because it hasn't completely destroyed the table yeah. <laughs> but it, it has smashed. This, is, this is quite a, a solid um, table with this the knives, a few things have been scattered, and then there's this basin at the end. But it's got a pretty hefty crack in it. A lot of the other stone um, is much more pumice-like, but there are things that are made out of these much... I presume uh, the building material is basically like. moon rock. Uh, now, well, I'm no geologist, but does pumice indicate a volcano? Yes. Pumice-like, right. I would say. Um, well, can we yes, take a sample of it? Because that might indicate active geology on the moon, mightn't it? Which would be... Yeah, a, a sample from, from the wall, active. is that what you're thinking? Just to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Can I chip um, a bit out with the pick? You can, and you can make me a roll on your body. When... Uh, mm, I, I'm not going to do it if it means I'm going to come to any physical harm. So, but... I stand well back. <laughs> How far well back? Eight About as far as the eight foot cable will let me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way we're constantly keeping eight feet away from each other. Uh, oh, five on a Worst, body of three. Worst that could happen is he swings the pick back. It goes through the suit. <laughs> and you die horribly. Well, you don't get explosive decompression, of course, because there's only oxygen in the in the helmet. It's bleeding a little into the suit. You're yeah. not. It, um, but they don't actually have the oxygen going directly into the suit because then it just inflates right. and you can't yeah. walk. You look funny, though. You'd so freeze anyway, rather uh, rapidly. What's your uh, body, uh, please, Doc? Uh, three. And what have you rolled? Five. Oh, very, very quite good. good. Um, you take a, a carefully timed and aimed swing. It's It's done with just enough force get a chip in there and a chunk all oh, the size of a paperweight comes out and falls just a little too slowly towards the floor there's just wonderful you know, it falls out and it's lady valentine who notices the shift in the ceiling and roof area above you 
Uh, and it looks like the whole lot's about to come down. Doctor, you, I think you've made something really bad there. We need to get out. Uh, let me just pick up this. Uh, no, no, I, I that, think we should need to leave. That was the the most long-winded shout that the ceiling's coming in. <laughs> well, she, she's in <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you clarify, please? Communication <laughs> isn't her forte. <laughs> Um, Communication isn't can I water. grab my prize <laughs> as we exit rapidly? Ooh, I think we should need have to a go. Um, you're both going to have to make rolls on this, I'm afraid. Have you got any you particular sort I've of... I've got athletic. I've got athletic. That, good for you. I have um, escaped <laughs> from collapsing building at seven. No, you don't. No, I've, no, got athletic at seven. I've got four. athletic at four. Oh. Yeah. By the way, which, which of your um, skills did you raise, Amelia? I got mechanics halved. Okay. I add because you said we could add a halved yes, skill. Yes, did. We could add to one of ours, or we could get mechanic. a new. Yeah, I've got mechanic at three. Right. I presume that was focusing on sort of our mechanics. Because you were more of a, a theorist than a, a builder, weren't yes, you? Yes, and, and I added sort of practical stuff. Yeah, Can I grab um, my stone as I run? Yeah, you certainly can. You're going to have to make a roll on your... Not my stones, you understand. And uh, Lady Valentine can, of course, roll on athletics. The doctor is rolling with a minus one. Oh dear. Eight. Eight sounds good. Uh, Eight. I'm not rolling Eight does sound good because I've just rolled eight as well. Right, now... Here's, here's just a, a little insight into the way the mechanics uh, are set up in this. Looking at the table, if you've got a skill or a body, in your case, Doctor, of four, which coincidentally is Lady Valentine's Athletics, and you're up against yes. a difficulty level of three, which is pretty modest, yes. but a roll of eight or less yes. is precisely what you need. If, on the other hand, on the way out of the door you stop to pick up a rock <laughs> yes. and were using your body minus one, which is only a two, yes. then a difficulty three, you needed six or less. I Am see. I going to be staring at this what pile a, of rock? What an interesting academic <laughs> discussion. <laughs> Am I attached to in a essence, cable or to a large what happens, of... <laughs> what happens in this scene is that Lady Valentine shouts that the ceiling is coming in, rushes past the Doctor towards the, uh, the exit. The Doctor's moving realises he's not picked up the vitally important bit of rock which the moon is made of, of. <laughs> so he stops to get that I had a perfectly good reason for that he grabs it, uh, Lady Valentine gets just outside when there's a sort of a tug on your helmet so to speak <laughs> and Why can't I move? a twang <laughs> no you can the, um, the cable goes twang oh yeah. that's easy, uh, I can move again <laughs> stagger forward, when you turn around there is there's a, a, pile a of big cloud of it's like cement dust is Blowing it all over the front of your your um, little porthole in your diving helmet, you have to sort of wipe that off before you can see, and the the whole building has come down. Ah. Totally silently, because you can't hear anything. You're speaking out of sync, really weirdly. That's that's very disturbing. <laughs> um, you are sorry. <laughs> yes. It's the concussion from the building. Yeah. Um, uh, Doctor, oh crap! You can't hear me. Um, crap! My God! <laughs> you can't hear me. You're under a pile of rubble. Bollocks! You can't hear me. I can swear. Uh, I can uh, uh, bollocks! Uh, cock! <laughs> yes. Lady God. Can I say? <laughs> I had a client describe a, a dog's 
part as a, a he's got a problem with her lady garden. <laughs> <laughs> did you point out that the dog is completely hairy, so that's not a very useful distinction? I, I did not. <laughs> Can I see like a pathetic foot sticking out under the brick? Pathetic foot? Hang on. <laughs> Twitching hand. Um, not obviously. Fortunately, oh, um... because of the lower gravity, a collapsing building is not quite as bad as it sounds on the moon. No, it's not. Depends how many tons have come down on top of you. Can I also burst also out the of, the, of the rock like the Hulk? It's also made of a rock that is very much like pumice. So it's not know. It's not known for its its weight. I've got my However, sample. There is, there is a lot of it, and it is rather. Um, uh, I'll just look around over. me and see whether any of the others are in view and have noticed this. Nobody does. Uh, nobody seems to be looking in your direction. Are they quite near or quite away? Well no, the other side of the square. Can't you um, just tear you bits? Can't, can't you digging, just digging then? Yeah. Thank you. I'll start practically pulling at the rubble then. I presume I have a shovel with me, so don't use the pick. Ah. Yeah, you've got the pick. <laughs> you can't communicate. Sorry. Uh, Nick, could you make another roll on your body minus one, please? Uh, As in, are you uh, unconscious? No, he's not unconscious. Uh, five? <laughs> is precisely the number you would need Woo-hoo! if you're rolling it against a difficulty of four. You, however... No, that's <laughs> Lady Valentine, you... You move to what you, for a moment you don't know quite where to start. Uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be a further collapse. You start shifting some of these blocks. They're surprisingly light. Like polystyrene blocks. You see, it's, yes, <laughs> that's the trouble. If you actually to, to model this, it would look like a really cheap fake set. <laughs> it would look like you were throwing the Oh, you're on such a cheap skate I know. Even when I've got a potentially unlimited budget, it's all ready, you know, I bet I the still... moon guys are going to be dressed up in silly bad rubber suits, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Redgrave bumps into the edge of the pyramid and it wobbles. Yeah. You, you see, you see the hand of one of the uh, studio <laughs> studio assistants Push reach it. out and steady it. Close the door okay. behind him. So, so scrabbling amongst the giant polystyrene blocks. The um, the the pile of rubble starts to shift, and you see the the rather ghostly, dust shrouded figure of the Doctor staggering to his feet. Oh, Doctor! Oh crap! You can't help me. Um, I try sort of brush him off and pick I, him up. I'll wave at you and, and put a thumbs up. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll thumbs up at back at him and uh, try and find the plug thing to pop back it again. Uh, it's broken. Oh, um, I'll dig out my blackboard. Yeah, which I presume is strapped to us. I'll gesture. I'll gesture to the um the, to yeah. the communication cord. Um. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I wave hands and make bad, funny faces and scribble. Uh, uh, are you okay? Presumably, on... she's farted in a speech. Well, you all have, really. I, mean, <laughs> yes. I may have done just a moment ago, in fact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least you hope that's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's rather hard to tell, isn't it? Might borrow somebody else's space tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Not using his after them. <laughs> Um, I shall get out my chalkboard and scribble. I've written, are you okay? Roll a, roll a d6, Nick. Have you got odd or even? Uh, I have even. You've broken your, your chalk. Your chalkboard is not broken, and uh, you can retrieve a is. piece of chalk from the belt pouch. You have to dust all the pumice off it, but um, <laughs> you can still use it. Um, I shall scribble on it, astronef, question mark. 
back. I write a large question mark on my blackboard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think what's needed here is you are just going to be communicating as if you are interpreting what the other person has written. So no explanations on what you're actually trying right, to say. Right, yes, fair enough. Yeah. You, can, you can see a question mark. board that says astronaut. Question mark. <laughs> I'll rub out astronaut. Back to... Ship. Oh, I'll, I'll nod and thumbs up and start dragging him back towards the ship. Right. We don't have to communicate this by mind, do we? Because it could go across terribly. <laughs> no, 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 this is why you've got the chalkboard, you see, so you can write things down and you know what you're saying to one another. Very if we had to actually draw on bits of paper and hold them up, this would be a really quiet audio for five minutes. Yeah, we're gonna, these ch- no, come in with a voiceover saying, at this point, Amelia held up a piece of paper which was very, very badly written. I couldn't make it out at all. Because these blackboards are so small, can I invent text speak? Are <laughs> you okay? They're about, you know, iPad size. Okay. Very much like the iPad, except the battery doesn't run out. <laughs> but the touch uh, lousy. It's pretty close to the uh, the two hours because you can see that Ips and Gutteridge, um, you presume it's Ips and Gutteridge. One of the difficulties here is, of course, everybody looks pretty much the same in their suits, but they're, co- they're coming around from a different direction. You can see they're heading towards the astronaut. Lord and Lady Redgrave are still over by the pyramid, but they're packing bits and pieces up and they're heading across. Well, we pick our wheelbarrow up on the way over. I'm definitely yeah. taking a piece of pumice like stuff. <laughs> What about Lieutenant What's-His-Face, who I presume he's, wasn't plugged into anybody? He's actually on board because of the um, the distribution of, uh, of the number of people that they got. Uh, he's decided that since he's most useful when you're actually going to be uh, inside the pyramid, he's effectively working out a, a sort of plan of attack based yeah. on the observations he can make from the conning tower and the observation deck. And he's going to get a, a rough plan together of what you can see and work out the best way to go in. And he's double checking all the equipment because he's never used it in zero gravity, of course, low gravity. Fair enough. We'll pick we'll pick up our wheelbarrow and head for the airlock then. Right. You're more brushing um, the doctor off. Than... <laughs> yep. Fortunately, the awkward silence is enforced by the fact I've broken our communication cords. Gutter is your again. You you can't tell who it is because. It's very difficult to see anybody's face through these things. Um, they turn you. There's a sort of a what you suspect is a sort of startled alarm uh, as they realise that the doctor is is completely grey. Um, you know, you, you're about thirty, forty feet away from the astronaut at this stage. Uh, I'm while, okay. I'll write on the board. Right. He's uh, he's gesturing between uh, the the two helmets and points to the the cable that they've got and uh, gives, gives right. you a thumbs of down. By the time uh, you've got this sort of uh, information going back and forth, and this hilarious Bon Mo flying around, um, <laughs> Lord and Lady Redgrave, again, you can really only tell which is which because Lord Redgrave. Well, I presume that taller. me and the Lady Redgrave are quite short and we've got smaller. Only if you say you're quite short. I mean, Professor Ips isn't very tall. Uh, but mo- most of you look largely similar. Are these not the, tight fitting uh, suits? Yeah, I guess they from the picture, they definitely are look... tailored. So yeah. are there not a couple of clues as to who is a man and who is a woman? No, because they're not that tight-fitting in the crotch. <laughs> and uh, the chest has, of course, got the, the lower the part. Lantern the lantern in the way. <laughs> oh. so, 
if you saw someone in isolation, you probably wouldn't know if it was male or female. You'd probably just go a bit shorter or a bit taller. Well, if you've got nothing to compare them to. So when you're looking at a group of people sort of milling about, um, you know, as I say, Ips is probably about... Uh, we haven't got our answer. names written across them. Yeah, would no. that not have yeah, been a good idea? Yeah, we've suits. Uh, maybe I, I should write my name on this On this. Yeah, well, we board. might suggest that we write our names on our backs or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's never come up, to be honest. The only people. Well, why have you written Meat Shield on the back of my space? Do you want a series of concentric circles? <laughs> uh, Lord and Lady Redgrave uh, arrive again, go through a bit of a pantomime of being slightly uh, alarmed and uh, concerned, but he, he gestures towards the, uh, the ship and he stops. Yes, we should probably it. try and get him in first, given he might be injured. Or something, I'm fine. <laughs> Not that you know. Nor that I know that you know that I don't know. No, but we'd want to check out that you weren't squished, you know. <laughs> Concussed. <laughs> uh, you can see that um, there's somebody in the observation deck. There's a, a chair there and somebody looking out, so that's um, presumably Bates since... Uh, Ah, Master Bates. Um, I'll bang on the door. You've just been dying to you're, see that. You're waiting, I have <laughs> And the figure rises out of the chair and uh, leans over and sort of makes a, a kind of a, a waving motion in very much a sort of a, a sort of a negative. And then you see it doesn't look like Bates actually. Um, he's writing something on a pad with what looks like a, a big crayon. She then holds up to the window. Oh God! And, and does it say, "Come on in. There's no trouble at all." It says. I have locked Murgatroyd and Bates in the airlock without breathing dress. Do not try to use it. Get Lord Redgrave. He's written an awful lot on that bit of paper. Quite a big... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll turn <laughs> round... the Bob Dylan bit where he drops the different... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Dylan bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Who are you? I shall write on the paper on the. You I'm, I'm going to go grab him. Lord, Lord you Redgrave. can recognise him. It's not it's Reverend, Reverend Green. <laughs> Might be Reverend. Oh, it's Reverend <laughs> Green. He done it in the library with the candlestick. Uh, very close, actually. He did it on the engineering deck with a lead pipe. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm dragging Lord Redgrave towards the viewing window as I presume he was at the airlock. Let us in. L- um, running out of air. He just uh, oh, oh, oh. holds it back back <laughs> up again with the part that just says Tough. get Lord Redgrave. Yeah, I'm, drag- point, I'm dragging Lord Redgrave forward. Is there point, is there a way we're going to uh, we're going to close with oh. <laughs> on the cliffhanger. We start caroling or something. Thank you very much. Well, it's going to get to, I suspect, a rather lengthy, potentially deadly uh, exchange soon. Yes. (laughs) Shit's going to get real. He writes on his slate. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be fantastic if Samuel L. Jackson was in a movie where every time he had to write it down on a whole... There are mother... (laughs) On snakes, on this mother... Spaceship. Yeah, but you're, you're it's like Twitter. You're limited to how much you can get on your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. 
what he say and you hold up your own thing that says RT and then repeats his message <laughs> lovely well thank you very much thank you. Um, gosh getting on for a couple of hours there yeah, and only half of it was in a chat yeah use your audio then <laughs> we're not bad for warties that's course, pretty good yeah you're getting the hang of it limit the amount of actual game that's our problem yeah yeah Stretch it out as much as possible. Um, what's his name? Lockhart's just tweeted that he's just about listening to the tunnels and trolls from Wardstop. Oh God! Oh, he's God. going well, so what? many voices. <laughs> oh, the, the the one from the previous. Yes, year. the previous oh, one where we had the football match thing. Where everybody was oh, drunk. Oh, I've not even listened to it. Yes, well. that was it. Nobody knew the rules, and half of us couldn't hear. What well, you I knew the rules. I couldn't. I couldn't remember them because I had far too much to drink. <laughs> yeah, well, we all had far too much to drink. I couldn't. I couldn't remember the rules at all. I should look forward yeah. to listening to that one. Why have did you not listen to it? I'm working through oh, the. I'm a um, savage Delta Green at the minute, is where I'm up to. Oh, that's nasty. Because it's the one where isn't it Helen's Hobbit tries to distract the opposition by by flashing the them. Top? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> a flashing Hobbit. Yeah. Yes, and Weasel's ridiculously overstated wizard. Oh, rhombus <laughs> filibus. <laughs> 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 Sounds like he was over Monica as well as overstated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, overstated, over Monica, and over here. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't catch on. <laughs> yes, you have to listen to that one. I will indeed. <laughs> you re- I, it I makes no sense. It. Okay. <laughs> right, it, was, it was just a sort of a warm up game. But anyway, we've got uh, another Wartstock this year. It's very exciting. Woohoo! Uh, yes. It's yet another venue. <laughs> Yes, different venue each year. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's not deliberate, but you know. And not long till um, Expo. Four weeks. Oh, hey. Five long, weeks today. Not... Yeah, apparently so. Super. That's exciting. Right. Exciting. I'll stop the recording. Yes. Now. You do that. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, John. Well, anyway, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, I hope you'll consider my application for funding for next year's trip to find life on Mars. I know the chances of anything coming to Earth are a million to one, what they say, but uh, I, I disagree, really, and uh, I think... Uh, oh, hello? Hello? Oh, where's everyone gone? our gratitude towards noted troubadour Professor Elemental, who has so generously allowed us to use his music as part of our presentation today. Those not averse to engaging with infernal devices may wish to direct their Babbage engines to examine www.professorelemental.com for further information and musical fancies delivered directly to your preferred phonographic apparatus. <laughs> Bless my soul, what a wonderful age we do live in. <laughs>